What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we're going to catch up with South Carolina wide receiver Dakarian Joyner as he recently announced his decision to come back to the Gamecocks for a sixth year. We'll find out why he's coming back. And we'll go around the conference as Kirby Smart updates us on the latest injuries with the Bulldogs and even more Bama players declaring for the draft. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. And we start over at Georgia as Kirby Smart and the Bulldogs preparing for their national championship game against TCU on Monday night in Los Angeles. On Tuesday, Kirby Smart updating the media on his latest injuries with his team, hoping to get back offensive lineman Warren McClendon, tight end Darnell Washington, and outside linebacker Chaz Shambliss. Uh, According to Kirby, when it comes to those guys, he said, quote, we're hopeful to get all those guys back for Monday. Uh, Washington was injured in the semifinal game against Ohio State. Now, there were some reports saying it was just soft tissue and not as serious as it looked, and maybe it could be a go for Monday, so we will see. Of course, Washington with Brock Bowers make up uh, the best tight end duo in the country. Over in Knoxville, former Tennessee quarterback Eric Ainge taking some shots at Georgia once again. If you recall earlier this year, he... uh, Talked about the game with uh, Tennessee going into Georgia and said, ah, playing between the hedges is overrated. It's not that loud. Definitely not intimidating. It's nothing like playing in Neyland. And Tennessee went on to lose that game in Athens. Well, now he's taking shots at Stetson Bennett. Uh, Here's what Eric Ainge said on the Eric Ainge show this week. He said, you know who I can't stand? Stetson Bennett. It was cute when he first got to play and played pretty well. And now the whole, like, I'm a walk-on, I'm a JUCO transfer. He's like 28-3 and three as a starter at Georgia or something like that. He said, I'm cheering hard against him. I want Georgia not to just lose the game. I don't want them to lose with Stetson Bennett throwing four touchdowns. I want Stetson Bennett to throw four picks and cost his team a championship. He's such a punk. I can't stand him. Pretty strong words there from Eric Ainge. I don't get the the hate for Stetson Bennett. I mean, the guy, all he's done is one. Uh, people continue to question him, say he's not that good. And he's clearly a leader on that team, and the team clearly respects him and thinks he's good. I mean, look, is he Joe Burrow? No. Uh, is he the most physically gifted guy out there? No, but guy makes winning plays, and he made him when Georgia needed him most in that close game against Ohio State last weekend. Again, I... Maybe I'm just a neutral party. I just don't get the hate for Stetson Bennett. But it continues on, and Eric Ainge continues to be a hater. In news of guys declaring for the draft, how about this one? Eli Ricks over at Alabama declaring for the draft. A little bit of a surprise there. Uh, There were some games where uh, Ricks wasn't even available, didn't even play this year. And then when he did play, he was very good. 
but he's going to forgo the rest of his college eligibility, enter this year's draft. Uh, coming into this year, there was some buzz that, you know, he could be a first-round pick transferring in from LSU, but um, he's going to have to go get his stock back up at the Combine and at Alabama's Pro Day, and he probably can. I mean, he's very gifted and a very good player, so uh, best of luck to Eli Ricks heading off to the NFL draft. Another guy heading off to the NFL draft, star Alabama defensive back Jordan Battle foregoing his final season of eligibility. Of course, had a great career, four years in Tuscaloosa, over 250 tackles, six interceptions. Projected right now to be a second-round pick, so uh, we'll see where Jordan Battle goes, but really, really good dude, and uh, best of luck to him at the next level. Just uh, more and more Alabama guys from this team, and they've got a lot of pieces they got to replace on next year's team. Over at Ole Miss, they're going to have to replace one of their big-time receivers this year, Jonathan Mingo, announcing Tuesday he will forego his final year of eligibility and enter the draft. He was Ole Miss's second-leading receiver this year behind Malik Heath. Caught uh, almost 900 receiving yards of five touchdowns. Spent four years in Oxford. Did have another year of eligibility with the COVID waiver, but uh, he is heading off to the draft. Six foot two, 225 pounds, and uh, projected somewhere to go in the middle rounds, three, four, five. So we'll see where he ends up. Hitting the transfer portal. This one was a little surprise. Uh, Kentucky defensive lineman Justin Rogers. Uh, reportedly filed paperwork to enter the transfer portal. That's from 24-7 Sports. Played with Kentucky for three years. He'll have two years of eligibility remaining. Was rated the number seven overall defensive lineman in the class of 2020. Was one of the high, highest-touted recruits to go to Kentucky. Had 36 tackles for the Wildcats this year and had a nice season. Um, just kind of curious why he's entering the portal and deciding to go elsewhere. Seemed to be in a good spot there. All his interior D linemen seem to play very well for uh, Mark Stoops and his system. But uh, 12 players now entered the portal for Kentucky. And by the way, that uh, transfer portal window will close on January 18th. One more for Kentucky. Defensive back Tyrell, Tyrell Asian, uh, he's announced he's heading for the NFL draft uh, after six years in Lexington. Uh, redshirt his freshman year, had the COVID waiver with an extra year, had a strong year. 31 tackles, a sack, two forced fumbles, three pass deflections. So a uh, nice career for him there in Lexington, and he'll be heading off to the pros. Another guy who was uh, hitting the transfer portal, uh, Mississippi State running back Dylan Johnson announced uh, Tuesday he will be officially transferring from Mississippi State up to Washington. Johnson played three seasons at Mississippi State. Totaled uh, 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns across his three years in Starkville. Was the second-leading rusher for the Bulldogs this year. Rushing for 448 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, he's going to battle for reps with uh, fellow transfer Arizona State, Daniel Nata. And uh, Washington's running back from this year it was out of eligibility. So doors open there for Dylan Johnson to go be the starter up there at Washington. Over Tennessee, uh, William Parker, offensive lineman, expected to enter the transfer portal. That's from our buddy Eric Kane of Locked On Falls. Parker appeared in four games for the Falls across two seasons. He joins Darnell Wright in exiting the Tennessee program. See where he ends up. Over at uh, Missouri, Trajan Jeffcoat was an All-SEC player in 2020. This past year, he appeared in all 13 games for the Tigers at 21 tackles and a sack. 
On Tuesday, he announced on Twitter he is returning to Columbia for one more season with the Tigers. So uh, congrats to G Trajan Jeffcoat, fellow Mizzou defensive lineman Darius Robinson, recently announced he's returning to Como next year. So some pieces back on that defense for Eli Drinkwitz. Uh, meanwhile, one of their strong uh, rushers, running back Elijah Young, he announced he is entering the transfer portal in three years at Mizzou, Elijah Young. Played in 22 games, 66 carries for 333 yards and a touchdown. So we'll see where Elisha Young ends up at. Over at Arkansas, they've been dealing with a lot of guys entering the transfer portal. And another one yesterday, Trent Gordon, Arkansas redshirt senior defensive back, entered his name into the transfer portal. First himself on his Twitter bio as former DB at Arkansas. Came into Arkansas from Penn State ahead of this past season, or 20, the 2021 season, I should say. Appeared in 20 games over the past two years, so he will be on move. Over at South Carolina, one of their veteran offensive linemen, uh, he is heading into the transfer port, or uh, declaring for the draft. Sorry, I can't keep track of who's in through the portal, who's going pro. Jovan Gwynn uh, announced on social media he is declared for the NFL draft. So he's grateful for the last five years of his life and will not be forgotten, but he is making the move on over at Texas A&M, one of their big uh, stud recruits from that 2022 class five-star uh, defensive lineman, Anthony Lucas, played seven games this year at 10 tackles. He is uh, in entering the transfer portal. He was rated the number 32 player in the nation coming out of high school. Uh, transfer portal, by the way, closes January 18th. The Aggies with over 25 players in the portal, the most of any team. Thanks again for making Lockdown SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, our conversation with DK Joyner from the South Carolina Gamecocks. But first, this episode is presented by our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, news, and analysis. You get all the latest odds and trends for every pro and amateur league out there. They got you covered. Uh, of course, the national championship, all the lines up there. BetOnline still got Georgia at about a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. So if you want to get on Georgia minus the points, if you want to get TCU plus the points, if you want to get TCU straight up, they got all that for you uh, with some good odds over at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net, again, got uh, tons of stuff up there on uh, golf and horse racing. I mean, everything, they got you covered. It's the fastest and easiest way to get all your sports betting information. Head on over to their website today. You can do so on your mobile device to learn more. It is BetOnline. And it is where the game starts. Roll along here, Locked On SEC. And one of our favorite guests to talk heading into this offseason of the SEC is a guy who is coming back for another year of college football. He is DK Joyner. Kerry and Joiner of the South Carolina Gamecocks. DK, how are you, man? What's good, Chris? I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing good. Um, man, I was uh, I was pretty shocked the other day when I'm scrolling through social media. I saw you guys, obviously, uh, you know, tough game in the bowl game against Notre Dame on Friday. And then I see a video pop up uh, on your social media, and I'm like, oh, okay, here it is. Uh, thanking South Carolina fans, off to the NFL and all this, but it is an announcement about – 
your daughter coming very soon and how grateful you are to, to get ready for that. But at the end, you kind of just throw in, oh, and hey, by the way, I'm coming back for another year in South Carolina. Just <laughs> talk about the emotions and just all the everything that went into this decision. Yeah, man, um, this decision was definitely uh, a decision for me and my family. Um, I just had to do what was what was right and, you know, had to prioritize uh, first and foremost. Um, I had to make the best decision for what was best for me and my family. I would have put us in the best situation. Um, I told myself I want to be as present as possible. Um, with me, uh, coming back was definitely the best decision without declaring uh, for the draft or possibly transferring elsewhere. Um, coming back was definitely the best option for me and my family. You know, it's funny, you know, some guys, when they have a, a child, they, they do make the decision to go off to the NFL because it, you know, oh, here's my chance to go make money and all this. But NIL kind of changes that landscape, right? Like, you got a chance to come back, stay at South Carolina, make some money from fans or whoever want to contribute to uh, businesses that want to sign you to NIL deals. So you kind of have that opportunity to do that. But also, you, you said stay grounded. Man, you go to an NFL team, you you're, you could be bouncing around at training camps all over the country. You want to be present yeah. here for your child, you know, in, in the first few weeks to months. So I think that's a really cool – I mean, that all kind of had to factor into it too, right? Yeah, for sure. And like I said, like you said, you hit it right on the head. Uh, just a lot of instability, um, especially just at first with the league, uh, especially with my daughter being born. Around now March time, that's like pro day, getting ready for the combine and stuff like that. So during that time, I wasn't going to be, be able to be home as much as I would have liked to and then uh, rookie minicamp and stuff like that. Um, I have a house here, um, so I was, you know, I'm stable here. You know what I'm saying? And I want my girl and, and my daughter to be stable and happy. I want my daughter to come home to a happy home uh, whenever, you know what I'm saying, whenever she's born. So th that, that was first and foremost, man. So I know my decision was bigger than me. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So I just had to right, make the right decision for us three. We're, we're going to look back on the season a little bit and talk about some of the, the ups and the downs. But before we do that, what, what was Coach Beamer's reaction when you told him, hey, I th think I want to come back for one more year? Oh, yeah, Coach was, Coach was super excited. Um, he <laughs> uh, he kind of really didn't give me a choice, to be real. <laughs> he said, <laughs> it's funny because uh, on our senior day at Tennessee, uh, I ran on the field, got my road to take a picture. He was like um, – uh, this is cool and I'm going to bring your ass back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he kind of didn't give me a choice, but then we sat down after the Clemson game and talked about it. Uh, we talked about how the season went and stuff like that, but uh, he, he just he, he wanted me to come back. Like he was, That was a priority for him just to make sure I came back. So um, I guess I didn't really have a choice to him. As we look back on the season, you know, right out of the gate, you guys had two really tough games. I mean, you go to at Arkansas week two, uh, you know, that was a tough one. And then you come home for Georgia, and that one was just brutal because you know, how good Georgia yeah. is. And then you yourself were dealing with injuries and trying to get yourself on the field, right? Yeah, that was definitely uh, uh, the first first couple months, first six weeks of the season was definitely kind of difficult uh, for me personally, battling battle injuries, um, going into the season before the season even started, but definitely going down to Arkansas is a tough place to play. Um, that was tough. And like you said, coming home to Georgia, not playing our best. Uh, so yeah, the, the beginning of the season definitely was 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 a roller coaster. Um, wasn't expected to be like that, you know what I'm saying? But sometimes God um, allowed things to happen for a reason, you know what I'm saying? To see how we would have responded to it, and I believe me personally and my team responded to it well. You guys uh, come come back home. You beat Charlotte, beat South Carolina State, and here's kind of where the season starts to turn for the better for you oh, yeah. guys. You go to Kentucky. Will Levis was out that one, but hey, they they. 
still a really good team, a tough environment to go into. You guys get the road win there. You beat Kentucky, and then you come home and beat a talented A&M team. Now, at the time, the season wasn't spiraling for A&M yet, but still uh, tons of five-star recruits, and you guys get that win late. Uh, you lose to Missouri, but then you bounce back with the win at Vanderbilt, and then you go on the road and lose to, to Florida, and it was kind of an ugly one. You did score a touchdown in the game, but – yeah. <laughs> what was that? I mean, that, that moment right there for you guys to go and get blown out, it feels like that was kind of, you know, the moment of how do we want to finish the season? And yeah, because we saw sure. a much more inspired team after that. Yeah, uh, definitely. Going down to the Swamp is a very, very difficult place to play. Um, and Florida's a very good team. that They had a really good team this year with tons of quarterback and tons of defense. Um, but, we, yeah, we didn't, we didn't play our best that day. Uh, but, you know, we told ourselves that, we weren't going to allow um, one bad night at Florida to determine our team. You know what I'm saying? We knew what we were capable of. Uh, we knew the talent we had on this team. But we knew we had to bounce back after that loss. Um, that loss did nothing but bring, bring us back together uh, as a unit, as a group. Um, we definitely responded well after that. But that was definitely a reality check for us. Yeah, it's crazy because you, you're sitting there at 6-4, and 3-4 and four in the conference. And... I mean, let's be honest. The season could – you're looking at the rest of the schedule going, God, you got Tennessee who's top five. They're trying to get in the playoff. we got Clemson who's a top ten team. You know, like you're sitting there going, man, this this thing could really go sideways on it. Uh, talk about that atmosphere. November 19th, you've got Tennessee, top five team coming to town. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen Williams-Brice Stadium more electric than that night. What what was it like being there, you guys taking the, the field pregame? Saying to me, like, I, I've never thought I've been a part of Willie B uh, at, at that aspect. But it was it was electric from the jump, though. But the thing is that, um, like you said, going back and, you know, I think everybody kind of wrote us off after that. Uh, Florida Law, seeing we, had to, seeing we had to deal with Tennessee and Clemson. Um, every, everyone wrote us off but us. You know what I'm saying? And we knew what we were capable of. Um, after that loss, we gained our confidence back. We got our swag back. So, so we knew what we were going to be capable of. Um, didn't know we were going to beat them like that, but we didn't know we were going to uh, be able to handle the guys. Um, but that that night was electric, man. My senior day, not just me, but one of the, if not the biggest one in, you know, program history. Uh, we responded very well um, after our loss to Florida and stuff like that. But I, uh, it, it was very electric, man. Unbelievable environment. Uh, one of those nights that you dream of, uh, storming the field and stuff like that. So it was definitely electric. Up until that point uh, of the season, we've heard we heard some, you know, there were some reports, Marcus Satterfield, there were some disagreements in the room on how guys were getting used, and, you know, Spencer had kind of been up and down to that point in the season, but it just felt like everything just seemed to click that night. W- was there something in the meetings that week, the game plan, where y'all were just thinking, hey, we, we there's some holes here, there's some things we can expose? Um, Like I said, like, we knew watching tape that we were capable of things, but we knew that we were – we always talk about you, you never know how close you are to the – you know what I'm saying? Because I think it's an old saying where guys were um, digging inside the one of the gold mines or something like that a while ago, but they kept digging, 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 and they gave up. The next guys came in a few years later, and they dug not even a couple of feet down, and it was gold. You know what I'm saying? But that was our um, aspect on things. Like You never know how close you are. You know what I'm saying? And that night, uh, things just happened to click for us. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you have bad nights. Sometimes you have off nights. Um, but it was just that night everything clicked for us and we were super excited and it was definitely we were definitely rolling that night I cannot never forget about that 
Continuing our conversation with DK Joyner from the South Carolina Gamecocks, a, a third-time guest on the show here, man. We, we had you on a year ago when you were the Duke's Mayo Bowl MVP, and you didn't got you didn't get Mayo dumped on. You only Coach Beamer did, so uh, that was good on your part. And uh, then we had you on at SEC Media Days. Looking back on that, uh, how cool was that to, to kind of be a part of, you know, only a couple of guys get invited to, to go on that tour with Coach Beamer and get asked a million questions by all the media members. But what was that like to be a part of? Oh, yeah. I, was, I mean, that, that was definitely a beautiful experience, uh, something I dreamed of. Always watched it on TV. Uh, so I, I was blessed to be able to be a part of that. Um, just looking back on it, it was, it was a dream come true. Like I said, looking back on it, it's kind of just being in the College Football Hall of Fame, seeing all the great names and stuff like that. But just being around guys, other uh, guys in the SEC, um, and stuff like that, it was definitely a blessing. And you showed off, I think, was it like a salmon suit you had, a little pink suit? And- oh, yeah, I was clean. <laughs> yeah, I was clean for sure. We'll see if uh, we'll see if you get another invite, another another trip back uh, this this coming year. Uh, we're kind of looking back on the yes, season sure. with Dakarian and and obviously the huge win against Tennessee. I mean, monstrous win, sixty three to thirty eight. But you know, going by what the critics say, the the media, you know what they all said. Look, it was a great win for South Carolina, but they can't beat Clemson. They can't go into Clemson's house and beat Clemson. Uh, take us through the that that game and kind of the mentality going into that one. And and again, Spencer and the offense taking a good performance against Tennessee and carrying it over into the Clemson game. Yeah, for sure. Um, just going back, looking back on it, uh, like you said, no one thought we could do it twice. <laughs> no one thought we could do it twice, but. You know, the Tennessee game gave us a lot of confidence. You know what I'm saying? We knew, like I said, we knew what we were capable of. Um, we knew what we can go down, could go down and do, and did. Uh, excuse me. And we just knew that um, the, they had some holes in their defense. And as a team, they weren't uh, as everybody thought they were, but we knew we were capable of. Um, but we definitely went, went into that went into that game with a lot of confidence, um, a lot of doubters, a lot of people to prove wrong. So we had a chip on our shoulder. Which win – did you enjoy more the the Tennessee win or the win over Clemson? Whew. <laughs> I think I'll be a fool not to say the Clemson win. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'll be a fool not to say the Clemson one. But you know, being Tennessee at home, uh, top five was electric. I don't think anything can beat that win. Yeah, and you were involved a little bit more in the Tennessee game, but the uh, again, nothing to yeah. take away from the the win against uh, Clemson. So you guys finish off the season eight and four. Uh, going to a bowl game with a, a tough, tough bowl game uh, against a good Notre Dame team. Uh, you know, Spencer had, had said he was going to play, but yet some other guys either hit the transfer portal. It, talk about the process. It's got to be hard, right? When you got guys that are hitting the transfer portal, you got guys that are opting out of the bowl game, and it's just you're not your full collective going into a game like that, right? Yeah, it was definitely difficult. Um, like I said, guys in the transfer portal, a guy opting out. Uh, I think think everyone forget we lost our offensive coordinator as well, <laughs> so we didn't have an offensive coordinator who caught our players all year. Um, so it was definitely challenging, but we know we we told each other uh, all we got is all we need. You know what I'm saying? We never once complained, never once looked back. Uh, all we had was the guys in the room, um, guys that we played with. Uh, this game made made a lot of plays for us this year, uh, and, and all we could focus on is ourselves. So um, all we did was you know go out and compete at, at the highest level possible. Uh, like you said, it was a tough loss. Uh, didn't end the way we wanted to, but um, no one can ever say we, we didn't play our hearts out. So, 
Yeah, and, and you lose by one score. You leave it all out there on the field. I don't think anybody can can hate on you for that. Um, let's start to turn the page and look ahead. Obviously, some big decisions here to, to come for, you know, we don't know if Spencer's coming back. We don't know if Juice Wells is coming back. We'll see those guys will make some decisions here very soon. But you talk about losing your OC. You, you have a new CR, OC already in place. Uh, have you had conversations with, with Dahl Loggins yet? And what's kind of the expectations on how this uh, offense is going to look next year? Yeah, um, to be quite frank with you, I haven't had much conversation with them. Uh, I met him uh, the one uh, the day after he got hired. Uh, he came in the building. And he approached me. Uh, we, we talked briefly. Um, but at the time, I wasn't sure of my decision. Uh, I still kind of had an idea that I was going to come back, but I was also thinking about leaving as well. So my decision wasn't made then. So um, I didn't get too close to him. I didn't have much conversations with him. Uh, but definitely going forward, um, I'm sure I'll have conversations with him this upcoming week or the next two weeks. So when you when you talk to him, you can say, "Look, coach, I can I can catch the ball, I can run the ball, I can throw the ball. I mean, we we got to get your full like all three skills out out on display next year, right?" <laughs> right, but I think I'm a kind of guy. I don't, I don't even got to tell him that. I think he knows, and I think every coach on our staff and everybody in the country can vouch for me. So I'm a guy that you know just just pull up the tape. He'll see. You know what I'm saying? But I'm available to help our team win as much as possible, and for me to be the best, you know, most dominant player in the country next year. Uh, it's got to be disappointing. I mean, look, everybody's got to do what's best for them, right? I mean, you only get one college career, and, and you know, you got to make the best of it. And the, the transfer portal has certainly opened the door for certain things. But what did you make of guys like Jaheim Bell and, and, you know, Marshawn Lloyd's in the portal? I mean, what do you make of those kind of guys? Uh, again, got to do what's best for you, but it's also got to be a little bit disappointing where it's like you go to war with these guys, you feel like that's your brother, and then uh, he's off to somewhere else. Yeah, Um yeah, but you know, you know, our relationship with the guys are is much deeper than ball. Uh, you know, we, we wish those guys well in, in all their future endeavors. Uh, at the end of the day, um, we we want our teammates to be happy, our former teammates to be happy. Whatever your heart desires, whether whether whatever you're chasing, um, from whatever aspect, and you know, college football today, we want you to be happy. Uh, we want you to you know go somewhere where where you feel valued, um, wherever whatever you want. You know, we want that for you. We just want you to be happy. So. Uh, all love to those guys, you know what I'm saying? They're all great, great players, you know what I'm saying? And we just wish those guys get whatever they want and whatever they need. Let's talk a little bit about you because I mentioned, uh, you know, NIL is a thing now, and, and hopefully those folks in the South Carolina community will take care of you. Uh, what's going on? I know you had the T-shirts, the, the clothing going out. What's the latest? What you got in the works? Where do I start? Um, <laughs> I have a lot. <laughs> I do have a lot, and I'm very blessed. I'm extremely blessed, and, you know, honored to, you know, be in a position that I am in with, with NIL, but I have a, I had a lot of things that, you know, towards the end of the season, a lot, a lot of things kicking up now, especially that I announced my decision yesterday. I think my, my most recent big deal I did was uh, with Saks Underwear out of Canada. Um, I did that deal. Uh, Thompson Rental Services, I had one with Midas, our car company. Um, I had a lot, um, still a lot in the works right now that will be released over the next few weeks and stuff like that, so. Let me ask you, if, if NIL, and you mentioned your daughter and all that factored into the decision, but if NIL was not a thing, would you, I mean, would it have been, would you be going pro right now? Uh, absolutely. I think I would have uh, because, like you said, you know, before we weren't able to, you know, profit at all or take care of our family at all um, without NIL. So I think I definitely would have left and I would have, you know, took that sacrifice of not being as present as possible the first few months and just, you know, went on went on to the league and 
as they would say, chase the bag. You know what I'm saying? Because I'd have the opportunity to, and I know I'd have to take care of my family. Um, and that that would have been priority. All right, just a few more for you. Um, Georgia's back in the national championship. Do we do we go conference pride? Do we root for Georgia? Hey, SEC wins another title, or is it? No, nah, man, that's one of the rivals. <laughs> we don't want them winning another national championship. Where do you fall? How could I not go for them? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Those those guys beat me the last two years, and all I can yeah, Georgia all day. You know, SEC rules the world, are uh, the most dominant you know conference in the country. Uh, but Georgia's a dominant football team, and I'll never doubt them. It is pretty crazy to see, though, a team like TCU with Sonny Dykes coming in there and, and turn that thing around so quick. I mean, it, this has to open the eyes of even, you know, schools like South Carolina. Look what Shane Beamer's building there. But, man, a few more building blocks here and there and, and the luck of the draw, I mean, that could be you guys, it, it, you know, next year. It, it, it could happen that simply just by taking care of business, winning some games. And you don't have to be the most talented team. You just have to be the best team that day and get the W, and, and certainly you guys could be in the conversation there next year. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, I think a lot of people know that. Like you said, we're we're a, a few plays away, um, a few games away from being in that conversation. I'm watching the Utah game now, just watching their record and stuff like that, and we're not far away at all. Um, we're close. We're closer than people think we are. Um, we just got to continue to believe that uh, within you know our culture, and stuff like that. And the national championship is the ultimate goal. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to take care of things throughout the year and in the offseason to give us the opportunity to uh, go, pe- go compete for the national championship next year. Kind of cool you guys get, you know, this year I think, who'd you have, Georgia uh, State to open the season. But next year, you start with North Carolina. That's a pretty big dog, particularly with Drake May, the quarterback who was incredible this year, announcing he's coming back. So that's a pretty big game to open the season with. When do you start? I mean, obviously you, you need to take care of yourself this offseason and work on your game and all that. But when do you guys start looking at, at maybe some film for that game and, and start looking ahead to the season a little early? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I think if I haven't been mistaken, um, that's been looking at, you know, just knowing <laughs> that we have them in the 2023 season. Uh, yeah. I think we all had that in our mind all, all year. You know what I'm saying? Seeing how talented those guys are. Uh, but also, um, we know those guys are looking looking at us the same because the last time we played them, everybody in the country knows what happened. Um, so I think it's been a little bit of both going on, uh, us watching them, them watching us, just knowing what's uh, in the upcoming for 2023. I love it. The game is eight months away, but we can't get we can't get started early enough on it. DK, it's been a it's been, fired up early. <laughs> it's been great having you on, man. We really appreciate you uh, taking some time, and we wish you the best of luck. I know, like I said, injuries and all that kind of hampered you this year, but a new OC coming in. Hey, let's get you out there, show what you could do, and uh, put some great stuff on film before you take this thing to the pro level. But excited to have you back in the SEC for another year, man. And uh, congrats on your decision. Best of luck with uh, your daughter coming along. And uh, we'll be rooting for you, man. Absolutely. Thank you, man. I do appreciate it. Thank you. All right. That's Dakarian Joyner of the South Carolina Gamecocks. Appreciate him for uh, joining us here. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked on Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available in the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Chris Gordy. Talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked on SEC.